0: And we're back, folks, here on another edition of the Michigan Basketball Insider. Always a fun and festive occasion. Even after we're talking about a, you know, kind of a rough week to catch up with my guy Tim McCormick. He wore the uniform, played at a high level, went on to be a first round draft pick in the NBA. Now, if you want basketball commentary, be it college or pro, they're none better. That my guy Tim McCormick, you hear him every week here on the Michigan Basketball Insider. Tim, how are you, my man? It's snowing, and I'm loving it. I'm just
1: sitting here. I don't have to go anywhere today. I don't have a game this weekend, so it, it's nice. And um, I, I rewatched the Michigan Nebraska game this morning. Uh, just a very chill day. And, and Sam, I, I think this is a, a big week for us to break down Michigan State and Nebraska and where where the teams at. Uh, when I watch a game. I grab a notebook and I just start writing random things that I think are interesting or, you know, why are they doing this? And when I started making the notes for today's podcast, I realized how negative I was. I was upset with the second half against Michigan State and how frustrated I was with long stretches in the Nebraska game. And then I, I decided that it was time to reevaluate right now because the the, the frustration and the disappointment It's it's a little bit early for that because over the last fifteen days, as you realize Michigan is is four and one. And I know that the competition (laughs) it's the easiest stretch of the year. But the truth is that when we speak again on February eleventh, we're gonna know a lot more. Um, they've got home and away with Purdue. They must win one of those games. I really believe that, and I think they will. And the key game, the tough game, the big matchup, this may sound crazy but at Penn state, you know, they, they just beat Iowa in double overtime. They beat Indiana earlier and that's going to be the hardest game because Penn state plays hard. They're pretty darn good, especially in their building and Michigan has to win that game against Purdue. One of those two, and then definitely Penn state.
0: So before we talked, I mean, or before the, uh, the Michigan state game, we talked and you had an idea about how it was going to go. And it being a nip-tuck And it, it was it was like that for the first half, right? I mean, it was Michigan was having their way inside. And then something happened, Tim, where Michigan State tightened up their interior defense. And, and they did so without doubling Hunter. Uh, but they did make it more difficult on the outside. And Michigan couldn't throw it into the ocean from the perimeter. And the offense went so stagnant. And I wonder, could you identify... A why Michigan you know went into so much of a into into so much so much of a hole defensively and then conversely, why Ohio State or why Michigan State was able to find so much success themselves offensively
1: Wow, that you asked the question of the decade and and really, when I look at the Michigan State game and I, and I've and I've reevaluated a bunch of times and I've come up with with three or four things that really, are, are the primary reasons that not only Michigan struggled in that second half against Michigan State, but any time that they've played a team that has a big studly center that can play one-on-one against Hunter, talking about Arizona, talking about Seton Hall, um, talking about, you know, I, I, I know that, that, that Illinois and Purdue and all the teams that, that are going to give Michigan trouble, they, they, they can play single coverage. But number one, Michigan can't shoot. Okay, I, I don't know if that sounds too harsh, but but Sam, who do you have confidence in yeah. that they're going to make a shot? I yeah. I think that Eli is a good shooter. He's a really good shooter. Um, Caleb is one of the streakiest dudes I've ever seen, and and you know with with Eli, last six games before Nebraska, he was averaging two point threes um, attempts. Okay, per game, thirty eight percent is is good. He needs. He needs a lot more than that. So I stand by my comment. Michigan is not a good three point shooting team. They were pretty good against Maryland, Northwestern, Indiana. That helps their overall numbers, but they're not good.
0: You you um, asked real quick, you asked me a question last week, and I don't know that we ever got your take. You you asked me what did I think of Eli and what did I think the the issue might be. And he, you know, as I watched him the these last couple, he's an enigma. To me, and and I, I wonder what you think of what I said. Are, are they asking him to to do too much? Did we expect too much? So maybe it's on us, and maybe it's on John. Are we asking too much of him? What do you think? No,
1: I mean, he's he's the most experienced player in Michigan basketball history. He's seen a lot, and he's seen the way that some guys are able to take over, and others are not. And and no, no, absolutely, he needs to step up in a big way. And I'm not saying this like I'm not a fan of his, but but if you look at really good college basketball teams, you, you have three guys, the best players, they take the most shots. And and the Nebraska game was exactly the way it should be. Hunter Dickinson at 15 shots, perfect. Eli had double figures. I think Devontae Jones needs to be your third player. He took 16 shots. And he may feel frustrated that he didn't shoot a great percentage. forget that you know mm-hmm. even the last shot that he missed it was long. I want him rising up because right now the defense completely goes under every screen and roll and he's got to make them pay and if he doesn't Michigan will never reach their potential mm-hmm. so so number one can't shoot number two <laughs> they're not a good defensive team Sam yeah. they're not. Yeah. They're not the. The freshmen are trying hard, but they're they're out of place so many times, and then the pick and roll coverage is not good enough. We talked about this last year. I miss drop coverage. Okay, mm-hmm. I really do, and and when when you get into drop coverage, especially if you're playing Michigan State and AJ Hogard and and um, oh, I'm drawing a blank.
0: Malik. No, blank uh, oh oh um. No. Yeah. Um it'll come never me. mind. Okay.
1: Yeah. So so you have to know that those guys are not shooters. And and you've gotta you've gotta you've gotta be able to to make them beat you with shots. And and they didn't do that, and it really frustrated me a lot. And so I think that their defense has to be so much better. And and right now I don't have confidence in it. And and, and so that's the second thing. Tyson and Walker. And the third thing, yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, and then the, the third thing, which I think is so important, if you look at the roster, who has lived up to or exceeded expectations so far? Mm-hmm. You know, before the year, who did you say, well, you know, we kind of know this from, from this guy. I, I knew Hunter Dickinson because I saw him all last year. He's been really good, okay? He's going to be on one of the all Big Ten teams and and so very proud of him. Caleb Musa are freshmen and they're good and then they disappear. Devontae Jones needs to be better, Eli needs to be better. There, there's really nobody else that has far exceeded our expectations, right?
0: No, you're absolutely right. It's y- y- you do need that guy that rises up to take some of the pressure off of off of Hunter, but I I won't, and that hasn't happened. I want to get back to what you said about defense. They aren't very good defensively. And seize upon so Jawan criticized the effort of his team. And and I just I, I feel like part after the Michigan State game, and I feel like this is a team who when things go poor, and it's not unique to them, when things go poorly offensively, it can affect their defensive effort. And and they can't no team should really do that, but this team, especially, for all the reasons that you pointed out about how challenged they are offensively, they can never afford ever afford to have their defense attached to their offense I mean the defense has and the defensive intensity effort has to be absolute given for them because they can, you can get some offense that way I, I I don't know if that was a challenge to try to drill that point home to this team Tim, but that's something that I'll be watching for here the rest of the way this season
1: i I, I think it's a really interesting point because there are a lot of teams that if they miss their shots their defense struggles so I'm going to take this one in a little bit different direction. Okay. I don't know if we've necessarily talked about this, but 28 fast break points from Michigan state. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tyson Walker was out on the break. Max Christie got some easy ones. I mean, Hauser got, got Mm -hmm. a break. Gabe Brown got, they got so many Mm -hmm. points off of their transition. Why Michigan shoots 16% from three. So think about this. If you miss a three, it's a long miss. Okay. They don't just bounce straight up and you catch it five feet within the basket. Long misses act as outlet passes. And, and, and so you've got Michigan's guys crashing the offensive boards and they're big Hunter, Musa, and Caleb are all big guys and they, they look for offensive rebounds. If you have a shot that bounces out to 15 feet, that helps Michigan state a lot. And, and, and they got 28 points off their fast break. That, that was the biggest part of the game to me. Mich- Michigan misses, and then Michigan State scores in transition.
0: Yeah, hey, look, and Juwan talked about that, and I didn't. I don't recall him mentioning the great point that you just made, that that is in part a product of, of the missed shots. But when he talked about it being unacceptable, that they had that many fast-break points, I think that's when he was talking about the effort. Get back. Get back in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep. transition. And that's why I'm saying, hey, man, that that for this team especially, when this, to your point, Tim, they're going to miss shots. This squad's really going to miss shots. They, the effort has to be a constant. And I know it, it needs to be that way on any team. But this team especially because they need it. They they need to win on defense because that's more controllable than than shots, than, than perimeter shots. I mean, you know, this is – this is not going to be something that they can rely upon game in and game out, but you can rely upon defensive effort and intensity.
1: Yeah. And, and in a way, the start of the second half reminded me of Michigan versus Georgia and the orange bowl. Um, when you're playing against a team that is really hyped up and confident and strong, and they're in their building and, they, they just play with such a swagger. You can't afford a missed block. You can't have a dumb mm-hmm. penalty. You can't have a careless turnover because that'll just feed the momentum. What I saw from Michigan was a lack of what I call defensive integrity. It was poor. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do I mean by that? You've got to stay in your stance. Mm-hmm. You can test shots late, meaning you make sure the guy's shooting before you go up to block it. That way, there's not a blow-by. Um, you, you had so many straight-line drives. The communication was bad. There was a play. I, I'd mentioned the Hauser um, layup that he had. Two Michigan defenders, it may, may have been Caleb and and um, Buffkin. They, they both went out to cover Max Christie at three and nobody stayed in the lane and Hauser got a layup mm-hmm. and And I just thought that's that's poor communication and that that could maybe happen once a half. I, I can understand that. But it can't happen over and over. And, and the other thing, we, we, um, we talk a lot about Livers and Wagner and Smith and Brown. And Sam, we're in the fourth month of the year. This is the 20th game. Mm-hmm. The, the young guys have experienced enough that, that they've got to get that stuff down. <laughs> Didn't I say I was going to be, I was,
0: I was negative. Before. <laughs> no, I'm just but laughing. I'm just laughing because, you know, I do these breakdowns during football season with, uh, with Al Borges and, and Vance Bedford and Vance. By the time we got to, you know, game six, he said, don't talk to me about freshmen anymore. Mm-hmm. They they aren't freshmen anymore. And I'd say, and so we, game seven, game eight, I'm talking about, freshmen. he said, what did I tell you about Calling them, fresh. they have enough experience where they shouldn't be making the same mistakes that they made in games one through six. So you sound like Coach Bedford right now, Tim. Okay, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> that That's is good. a compliment. That is a compliment.
1: And, then, and we haven't even started on Nebraska last night. Ah, uh, I was pulling my hair out, Sam. <laughs>
0: <sighs> what do you What do you make of that? Because Nebraska, obviously, no disrespect, they aren't a very good team, and they're in Michigan's house. I, that was more of a struggle than I expected it to be, Tim.
1: It was. Versus a winless team, um, they really only have one good NBA or um, Big Ten player, right? Bryce McGowan's really good. He's a freshman. Um, so that makes it even more puzzling. The the first half was just so disappointing. Maybe it's the late tip. Maybe it's a hangover from Michigan State. Um, maybe you're looking beyond a weak opponent, but th- you can't have excuses to give up forty-four points to that team in the first half, um, we talked last week about Hunter Dickinson. If I if I could sit down and talk to him, the one thing I would say is pretend that every single game you're starting off with one foul, okay. Mm-hmm. And and if you get that if you get that dumb foul, if you get that bad call foul, you're still okay. But but they they cannot have him playing, you know, eight minutes of the first half of any of these games coming up. And, and if, you, if, if somebody's going to say, man, Hunter Dickinson can't defend because he let somebody blow right by him, if he, if he avoids a foul doing that, I can live with it because he has got to be on the court. Mm-hmm. And, and when he goes out, Nebraska, you can't see it, but they're all hugging because they know <laughs> they have no answer for him. And, yeah. and then in the second half, that was the most beautiful stretch of, of 10-minute basketball that, that I've seen all year. It was a plus with their post entries. I mean, it was Chris Hunter Dickinson looked like Shaq. He he was just drop stepping, and there was nothing anybody could do. Um, I loved the adjustment Terrence Williams for Musa, and I'm not saying Musa doesn't have a huge upside. I love watching him. He plays so hard. He's so passionate. Terrence Williams was a better call defensively. And what happens? All of a sudden, the ball is moving, and Michigan is on a 24 to 4 run. That that's great. So what happened? They gave Hunter a break for like three minutes. And when he came back in, tie score. It, it was ridiculous. And and the hard thing is when you give a team a, a running start like that, they had momentum and all of a sudden it's a 16 to two or three run. So I, I don't know. Do you play Hunter the whole game? <laughs> Maybe at this point in the season, you've got to really extend his minutes because they need him in there so much.
0: Yeah. I. You know, that's what made – that's what made the, you know, the end of the Indiana game so and um so impressive that you had other guys making winning plays. Tim was, mm-hmm. it, it was just, you know, to to me to see this squad be able to to figure out a way with him on the bench was I mean, that was that was one of those deals where I thought it was going to make this squad I thought it was going to increase the confidence and make it make it deeper make it deeper right now in the Northwestern game I should I should say where you had them Mm -hmm. uh, where you had the guys Hunter and Musa fouled out at the end of the game and you had those other guys make winning plays because there was a portion a point in that game where they Hunter was off the court and they didn't look like they knew what to do and then at the end when he was off the court May, I felt like that experience of not knowing what to do earlier in the game helped them at the end of that game, and then you know as we move forward, and you saw Michigan State take Hunter away or Hunter be in foul trouble versus Nebraska, it went back to looking like it did earlier in the Northwestern game, and you just need the, the the squad to be able to figure out a way, a way to find something else when it's not Hunter, because to your point, they are so Hunter dependent. It'd be great if maybe you could depend on defense some. I feel like watching that Michigan State game to go back to it for a minute when they couldn't throw it in the ocean. Hunter and Musa are getting stymied inside. Do you have anyone that can create off the bounce? And I keep going back to those youngsters who you're going to lose what you talked about, some of that defensive integrity. Frankie's going to blow a defense. Kobe's going to blow a defense. You you called it out. But those are the only guys that really can create – off the bounce without a ball screen other than maybe Eli from time to time, do, do you have to play him? Do you have to roll with him a little more when, you're, when your offense is lagging? At least then I feel like, you know, the failure failure is functional. Like if, if you're going to be bad, uh, if you're at least let being bad get those guys some experience. That's just how I feel about it from the outside mm-hmm. looking in.
1: No, you're right. And you said it. You laid it perfectly out. Michigan is too dependent on Hunter Dickinson he he's their rim protector, all of their interior scoring. They're, they're passing out of the post. If they need a shot, that's the best way to do it. He's their emotional leader. He provides confidence. He's got the swagger. Everybody respects him universally. And, 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 and that, that's going to be an issue because Kofi Coburn Mm. and Zach Eady and Trevion Williams, and they're all going to just say, look, I got him. You know, you just stay home with everybody else and we're good. And and I kind of agree with that. Um, I do want to say though, excellent rebounding. Excellent yes, rebounding. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They did a great job. Six guys, Sam, had five or more rebounds. A lot of guard help. So I wanted to make sure that I, I brought some sun, <laughs> brought some sunshine
0: to this call. Hey, <laughs> four and one. You're right. Four and one in the last five. You gotta call that right. out. So look, yeah, you you you, you tend to you look at the last two games and the magnitude of of the Michigan State game, a game that we t- thought would be much closer, and then you're struggling with a winless team in the Big Ten in Nebraska. It has a way of skewing perspective, but listen. And, and Northwestern, about, too. Yeah, and, and, Northwestern. and Northwestern. But but see, but Northwestern's different because they played everyone tough, right? So you could, yeah. you could sort of rationalize that game being close, right? They beat Michigan State in East Lansing you can still be feeling really good about yourself after holding on in that game, especially with your guys filed out, right? And we yeah. I was feeling positive about that game, but you, you get blown up by Michigan state. You're tight with Nebraska. Now you're questioning yourself again at a time when you're about to go to one of the best teams in the country in Purdue, go to their house. This is, this is the squad that you're supposed to go toe to toe with. Uh, that's what we thought at the beginning of the season. Well, you mentioned Zach Eady. They got Zach Eady. They got Trevion Williams. They got Jaden Ivy. They have other guys, and that's the dilemma that Michigan faces when they go to West Lafayette on Saturday.
1: That's going to be a huge problem. I just, I just, I don't feel good about that game. And part of me is saying, okay, here, here's the reality: if Michigan gets blown out by 25 points, and and Purdue has no respect for Michigan. Then you've got a better chance to beat them in the rematch at home. Um, that that's a possibility. I think that Jaden Ivey is is the best player in the Big Ten. Um, I know there's a lot of Johnny Davis people. Um, if if I'm if I'm the Detroit Pistons and I'm in that four or five range, I'm taking Jaden Ivey. He 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 may not be the purest shooter. He may not be the best above the rim athlete, but that guy knows how to play. I, I love his off the dribble game. He's the kind of guy that's going to live in the lane off penetration throughout his career. Um, I, I think that's going to be a really hard game to win. But I do think that, that at home, Michigan's going to have a chance.
0: You do? Why? Why?
1: Because I, I think they're going to play with, with sort of that, that um, at Indiana, us against the world. I, I, think, that, I think Juwan was super hyped for, for playing at Assembly Hall. Um, based on his experience as a player, and he got the guys excited. They That was the, the hardest game, the, the hardest playing game that Michigan's had this year. They, they just were so good. I think that Michigan can beat Purdue at home.
0: Yeah, I, I just, it's hard for me to predict when their shots are going to fall. I, I just, you just don't know, is Caleb going to, is he going to shoot well today? Is it going to, are shots going to fall for Eli? I mean, it'd be great if you just knew one of those guys was, you, that you could say, hey, I know if he gets an open shot, he's gonna knock, he's gonna knock it down, fifty percent of that. But you, can't, you just never. Well, know. I will say this.
1: I will say this, Sam. Caleb Houston shoots well when Michigan's offense clicks, mm-hmm. it, and and just watch when there's when there's a four pass possession. You know, the the ball's advanced. They throw it inside to Hunter. He kicks it out. There's a skip pass. And Caleb knocks those shots down. He needs space. Mm-hmm. And and when I say when the offense is running well, that means the defenses are scrambling and, and there's switches and, and there's a little chaos. Then all of a sudden they just lose Caleb Houston. He makes shots. Right. He he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be better next year. And I think he will come back to school. I really do. Um, he's gotta become a better athlete. And and he had a really nice move. I, I would love to see him explore the ability to drive and finish and get to that little mid range. Um, he had a play where he was on the left and he drove baseline, and he went up and he finished really well. It has to be a dunk. Mm-hmm. That that's what NBA wings do—they dunk on people. And he's just not there yet. And I think he will be. Um, he, he's still so young, but but yeah, I, I guess I'm rambling. No, about you, you you, you aren't
0: rambling, and I I do want to I want to clarify something really quickly, and I, I want your your take on this very last point about what the team does moving forward this season with the t- the schedule gets tougher. It's harder to justify doing what I was talking about doing, playing Frankie and, and Kobe a little bit more when you know they're going to, they're blowing defenses. They they have mental lapses like young players do uh, mm-hmm. when you have that kind of, and, and and I'm not saying that suggesting that they're going to fix it. I don't think that playing them more is a panacea, What I'm saying is what what can you do that will grow the team the most down the stretch? It's kind of how I'm looking at it. I'm not expecting that you play Kobe more, you play Frankie more, and instantaneously, all right, you get some – now you're able to get offense off the bounce, right? You're able to get creativity off the bounce. I feel like you have more potential to get some of that down the stretch – if they have some more growing pains now if these defensive lapses that they're having in games that you're getting through them now making that failure like i said be more functional because the guys starting are making mistakes right you're 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 having some inefficiency anyway in instances like that if i'm going to be inefficient a lot of times i say man maybe i'll be more inefficient with my youngsters hoping that they learn and grow from those mistakes. Because I tell you what, Tim is as I saw Frankie Collins on the floor against Michigan State. Yeah, he made some mistakes, but his ball pressure, I felt like he he turned Michigan State's got whether it's Tyson Walker, whoever, he whole guy, he would he had a better chance of turning them away. He had a better chance of, of staying in front of them than Devontae Jones did. And I thought that was that was effective in maybe showing slowing Michigan State down. At times, not all the time, but at least a little more than we saw when it was when it was Devonte on the ball.
1: So your original question was, what what would I do with with Frankie and,
0: and Kobe and,
1: and Kobe? I would play them less.
0: Really,
1: I, I I would play them less. I would I would play Eli thirty five minutes a game. I would play Devonte. I would I would I would look at my schedule and say, okay, we, we've got we've got ten twelve games left, and these guys are in great shape, and they're ready to go. Okay. Um, if, if you if you look at the minutes, how many minutes do you think Frankie's playing per game?
0: I'd say maybe 12, 13. 11.8.
1: Mm-hmm. Kobe's at 11.5. Let me take you back in time. In 1980, I was a freshman at Michigan. I was a five-star, and everybody thought I was going to tear the world up. You know how many minutes I played as a freshman?
0: On that team? 12. Tw- okay.
1: I, I played 12 minutes and, and my defense wasn't good enough. And I didn't, I didn't understand how hard you had to play and it was all good. Um, I, you know, we had five seniors and they were really good players. And, and, and so I'm not, I'm not afraid of, of losing Kobe or Frankie or, or any, anybody that you get what you deserve. And if you, if you put in time and you're making your team better, the coach is going to you out there, mm-hmm. but right now, Hunter. And Eli and Devontae need to gobble up thirty-five minutes a game. Gotcha. Give, give them two minutes of rest per half.
0: Gotcha. Let, let's talk. Let's talk big picture. Uh, looking at, at the Big Ten, this is a tough slate for for Michigan it's they play Purdue on Saturday on the road. Then you got a road game at Penn State. Then you're back home playing Purdue, and then you got Ohio State. Then you talk about a week slate. That seven seven days him four games in 7 days and Purdue twice in there with with Ohio State at the end this is a gauntlet if I've ever seen one that they're about to have to go through here uh, but it will give us a look at some of the best players in in the Big 10 so I'm curious what your all Big 10 team looks like at this point.
1: Whew, that's a, that's a tough one. That's really hard. And so so the the first player that I have to start with Is Jaden Ivey, Purdue to me is the best team in the Big Ten. I think ultimately they'll be the Big Ten champs. They've got to have somebody on the team, and Zach Eady and Trevion Williams, they they kind of split that role, so they can't be on my first team All Big Ten. Okay, Mm -hmm. Johnny Davis has Has been incredible. I can't I can't wait to watch him play tonight. That that that's going to be a killer game, Johnny Davis. Definitely, he may be the player of the year. Um, Kofi Coburn, all Big Ten. No doubt. Look, he's got to be All American, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I mean, when credit. you look at it, his when you look at his numbers, his scoring and his efficiency and his rebounding, one hundred percent. If Ohio State and and they're 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 six and three right now, they're one of the surprise teams to me. I didn't expect them to be this good. EJ Liddell has to be All Big Ten, and this is where it gets a little bit challenging because yeah you know, iowa is four and six and and i find it hard to put keegan a guy murray. on a losing team all big 10 but keegan murray ha- has been fantastic i think he's leading the big 10 in he scoring is right
0: leading, now. he is leading the big 10 in scoring right now I, yeah, yeah absolutely
1: yeah yeah he rebounds um he's their top shot blocker he's a really good ball player i have him on my, my team too that's five guys hunter dickinson um his team hasn't impressed and that I think that has to go into the equation. But, but if he's, if he's not first team, he's right there. He's on the next group. Um, Trace Jackson Davis, look at Hunter Dickinson, same thing. (laughs) Really, really good player. Not as much help as he needs. Um, And I found this interesting, Sam, who's Michigan State's all league guy? Because they're, they're eight and two. They're tied for first place. Like if you're in first place in the big 10, you've got to have, an all big 10 player. Right. But I, I don't know who
0: I would. Yeah. It's interesting. I, this truly an example of a team being a sum of its parts. You, and here's the, here's the, the thing that's so surprising. You go into it. You say, Gabe Brown's their best player. I think Malik Mm -hmm. Hall might be their best player. At least he's playing the best to me right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, he won the game yesterday. That that was a, a a great finish. He, he's be He's become their go-to guy. I don't know if, if you don't have anybody in the top 20 in scoring, um, if you can pick one guy that's all league. So there, there's nobody on Michigan state that would replace any of the five guys I shared.
0: Yeah. I, I who's, can't, your player, who's your player of the year? See, I would go with Johnny Davis right now. I, I know you said, uh, you said Jaden Ivy and the, the, the strength of Purdue's team, uh-huh. I think would, would kind of skew me away from that because he gets more help than Johnny Davis and, yeah. and Johnny Davis has to shoulder more of the load. And, and yet, I mean, the game against Purdue, that jumps out to me where it's like, it's the Johnny Davis show. <laughs> I mean, that, that kind of thing resonates. So that that's not saying that Jaden Ivy isn't deserving, but if we're comparing the two, and I'm looking at the Purdue's team, and he, yeah, he benefits from being on a really, really good team, no, no doubt, and being a key cog in that wheel. But Johnny Davis is, he's like shouldering more of the load and still excelling and beat that Purdue team. I'm going with Johnny Davis.
1: Interesting. Well, I'm going to say this: Illinois is going to smoke Wisconsin tonight. I think <laughs> Illinois is a lot better. And when you when you look at what Kofi Coburn's doing, he's not getting as much help as say a jaden ivy is it jaden ivy's got a lot of help around him Defanovich and and the big guys and I, I i like their their depth i think purdue will win the big 10 this year yeah but if illinois can win it then I, i'm going with kofi coburn
0: yeah I, I guess i would still go back and say while well, kofi coburn has been give him credit he has been fantastic uh, and he f- hasn't gotten as much help from Curbelo this year as I anticipated because of, of Curbelo's injury. But, man, you look at their, you look at a, a team that has a veteran like Trent Frazier on it, I'm still saying – and Trent Frazier, you look at the Michigan State game, you look at the Michigan game, I mean, th- that's another guy that can take over, Tim. So he doesn't get as much help as Jaden Ivey. He still mm-hmm. – Kofi still gets more help uh, than Johnny <laughs> Davis, though. So I'm still ride with Johnny Davis.
1: All right, good. If Wisconsin wins the Big Ten, then you're right. Johnny Davis is
0: the guy, and I think Johnny Davis
1: is is just such a such a fun story. And I'm so looking forward to watching him play against Illinois.
0: Yeah, well, great stuff as always, Tim. I so appreciate your perspective. And as you said, look we we are on this podcast honest, and I love that about you. But I also the word you love the use of the word balanced because in the honest critique, you also highlight that this team four and one in the last five and with a lot of opportunity here down the stretch in and in a gauntlet stretch by the way uh, that we're going to see the Wolverines go into here in the next week. So let's see how they do. We'll be back next week to talk all about it here on the Michigan Basketball Insider.